0: kate hill the top performer for wiser in 2022 to 2023 and the first female ever top performer in the company's history so how does she do it so this is what you're going to learn in this week's episode the importance of world-class basics and why you need to understand your success metrics. Why it's so important to have a niche and how to leverage your network to grow your recruitment desk. How to unlock your self-confidence and why Kate initially struggled at the start of her recruitment career. And lastly, her most effective new business generation techniques and how she landed her best client that generated over 100Ks worth of fees. Let's get into this week's episode. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Looking forward to breaking down this four and a bit years of uh, a journey you've been on. So we've met a couple of times, you've come to the... I feel like you've come to the obviously you came to the last live podcast yeah. event because Lewis was on the panel. Yeah, so obviously I had to support Lewis. Yeah, I had to. And then did you come? I feel like you've come to one before now. The last uh, one in London. I feel like some of the wiser team. I don't know if you. I don't there. know. I don't
1: think I was there, but the wiser team probably would have been.
0: So today we're going to talk about this journey you've been on. Yeah. Right. So just to give everyone. The career highlights of your career so far. So, been working, the only job you've had in recruitment is with Wiser Elite. Yeah. So, your world is tech sales. It is. And I'm just going to give everyone, let me know if any of this is wrong, by the way. So, over the last couple of years, obviously, you started as a researcher, right?
1: Yeah, right at the bottom.
0: Right at the bottom, sourcing (laughs) a bunch of different roles.
1: Just doing the work for everyone, basically. Yeah, doing the work for everyone. Yeah, Yeah, Okay, cool.
0: So, I've got here, so... We started with twenty twenty one, right? Twenty to twenty twenty one. Yeah. Your billings was one hundred and ten K. Yeah. Twenty one to twenty two two hundred K. So broke the two hundred K mark and then last year, the last financial year, twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three, was two hundred and ten K. Yeah. And that meant that you was the top performer that year. Yeah. Let's go. The first <laughs> female Ooh. top biller. Come Let's on. go. <laughs> first female principal as well. Yeah. Proud of those ones, aren't you? Very proud. Should be.
1: Up the girls.
0: <laughs> so we're going to unpack this journey that you've gone on to get to that point, because I know it's been difficult, it's been challenging, you've learned it along the way. But let's, let's start with the million pound question. Let's hear your take on what you believe to be the the common characteristics and traits that make up a a highly successful recruiter in in today's market?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think with the state of the market at the moment, the main thing, and I'm sure everyone would say this, is that grit, Mm. determination. But on the other side of things, like having that patience as well within Mm. the market, like at the moment, there's times where you just want to get shit done basically Mm. quickly. And you actually have to sometimes take a step back and And think, right, what would actually be the good decision in this situation? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's easy to just go straight into it. But also as well, that creativity, like at the moment standing out Mm. in recruitment and being the one that clients want to speak to and candidates want to speak to, you need to think of ways to like cut through that noise and be creative with stuff. Mm. So I think it's the combination of competitiveness, grit, determination but not going hell for leather <laughs> and taking a step back and being patient with it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think it's really, sometimes you're like forced to try different things, right? If yeah. things aren't working, but...
1: Because you're used to, especially in a good market, mm. you're used to just doing just doing it day by day, the same stuff. And then when you actually get pushed back, you actually have to take a step back and think, wait, how can I change what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis to mm. like break through? Mm. And when new clients get candidates on the phone in a different way.
0: What are some? Let's just talk about that then. What are some of the things that you changed over the last six months or experimented with that have worked, haven't worked?
1: Yeah, I think it's easy to just sit behind your laptop and go on LinkedIn and just message people. What I've been trying to do and really as well have been trying to do is use different methods. Like I've been sending videos mm. to candidates and clients instead of just a message or voice notes as well. Like we're not really a cold calling type mm. business. We do a lot of our stuff more strategically I suppose so I've been sat there in a booth trying to do these <laughs> videos to clients like hey it's Kate it's
0: what like looms or vidyards or whatever just
1: literally I've just been doing it on normal my normal camera and then just sending it on LinkedIn on a direct message right. and we've had some really good feedback even if they're like we're not hiring mm. right now they've been like love that video love what you're doing and Mm. then at least in maybe a few months time when i reach out to that client again to bring them on Mm. i I remember kate sending that video that was really different from from Mm. other people
0: it's crazy right because video has been around for a while now i think so the fact that you're still getting those sorts of responses is is a bit wild to me
1: yeah i think like it's what you say and how you come across in the video i Mm. think it's easy for people to have some scripted response Mm. to it all i think if you're just yourself and even make a bit of a go on their profile, see something on their profile that's like they've been to something recently, you comment on that or you can see they've got a picture with their family on LinkedIn, Mm. reference that, Mm. like do something that's not just, hey, see you hiring. Can I help you? (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm going to have to ask you then, I found when I've done video outreach stuff, the first few that you do when you start doing them are, are way worse than the ones towards when you've done like a lot of them. Yeah, definitely. What What did the ones sound like when you first started? Like what was you? Yeah, because and then we can get you to share like how you sort of structure these now. I know you said you might reference different things. It depends on what you see. But when you first started sending these, what was you trying to say in the message? Was it just, hey, are you hiring?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it, the amount of times as well you'd be like get halfway through and then you'd go shit
0: <laughs> I yeah. do that
1: so many times mm. but I think yeah it, at first it was quite forced and and don't hey it's Kate we're Wise Relief mm. we do this we're tech sales we're quite robotic mm. whereas sometimes now I'd like slide into the camera and be like, hey, it's gay.
0: Okay. <laughs> nice, bring some fun to yeah, it. Yeah,
1: bring some fun to it and relax into it because people will like find that funny and you feel like sometimes you need to be serious all the time mm. and it's actually like sometimes even sending them, I've done it before where I've sent them the actual bad version.
0: Really? And
1: sent it and then gone, hope you hope you found that funny, noticed you're hiring account executives. That's quite cool. And then just done that and like people so just... when you first
0: started very like serious, very quite serious. like... serious. Yeah, just...
1: yeah quite stiff like just keeping it very basic and now it's more just go with the flow Mm. have a bit of fun. did you
0: find yourself because i think sometimes why people don't lean into that is they think this is going to take ages to do because they're always going to want to redo it did you find yourself doing that
1: i think if you have it in your diary for example like to do an hour of just some videos or voice notes or whatever Mm. you'll be disciplined to do it you don't have to do loads but if you just have that time weekly or whatever to do it, then you'll get it done if you have it in the diary.
0: And I don't know if you approach it the same with a voice note, but what's like your typical structure? Because I feel like if you're sending a voice note or even a video... I don't think you should start it by speaking about yourself personally.
1: No, I think it it depends what you're voice noting them about. Sometimes it depends if if it's on the candidate or client side of things, because I do it to both. If I'm sending a voice note to a client to try and win new business, then I think the most important thing is trying to solve a problem for them straight away. Mm. So something like it's hard to attract female talent in SaaS. Are you experiencing that right now? I'm working with someone at the moment Mm. that... And go into it with like something in the market that's happening right now that is a problem and they can then switch on to that straight away.
0: Yeah, that might be top of mind for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's smart. So, yeah, so you're leading with something, you're basically trying to make a bit of an assumption that they might be running into. Yeah. And it's either like, are you struggling with it, with this and I may have a solution for it? Or if you're not struggling with it, then yeah. you're still coming across like, oh, like Kate understands.
1: And at le- yeah, at least you sound like an expert in, in the market mm. or reference like something that's going on in the tech market right now. Mm. You always want to be known in your market as an expert. Mm. And so if you make that clear right at the start and they're not like, who the hell is this girl, then they'll trust you more.
0: Yeah, I love that. Just as you mentioned it there, it comes up a lot. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because I know when we were looking through the notes, some of your like challenges early on was like really understanding the dynamics of the, the market and being confident about that. How long do you think it takes for people to become a market expert like you may not be able to put a time on it but i think it's important for people to know it's not going to be yeah. a couple of months like how long do you think it took you to be quite confident to comment on the market dynamics what's going on and have that confidence around being an expert
1: it's an interesting one because i think you'll never feel like you are mm. like there's, you're learning every day especially in the tech market there's so much of it going on and mm. sometimes like what does that mean that <laughs> <laughs> but i think I'd say your first year, you're still learning so much. Mm. I think it's helpful for us because we immerse ourselves in the, the that industry all the time because we host regular events, webinars. We have our communities that have loads of tech sales people in them. So when I'm listening to webinars and being at events, I'm learning constantly. And that's what I would actually advise to people in their space is go to events of the industry that you're working in because you're constantly learning and speaking to the people that you're trying to help. Yeah. But I'd say, I genuinely don't think there's a time on it because I still feel like I'm I'm probably halfway there, <laughs> like in terms of being an expert. I think to an outside looking in, I'd be an expert, but you can be constantly learning new things about the industry.
0: Yeah, I think that's the right mindset to have, right? But I think, yeah, like definitely 12 months plus.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. For sure. Definitely.
0: So you took... A couple of attempts to pass your probation, which you tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was you struggling with? Why Why did it take a few few attempts for, for Kate to pass probation in that first year? I think
1: it was coming in, I was already quite nervous because of the my interview situation, where which didn't go quite, quite well, but they saw something in me. So they were like, right, we'll bring her in. There's, some, there's traits within that girl <laughs> that I think could be good. I think for me, it was like the discipline of recruitment. I couldn't get my head around and in Wiser Elite as well we're very like not strict on do these KPIs do this but just like having that discipline and I think at first I was a bit kind of just whispering through like Mm. okay and also I just found it really hard to get my head around the tech market at first but once I realised that just talking to people and being yourself and trying to help them and understand what they're looking for that's actually the whole thing you're meant to do. You're not actually meant to be the genius tech person.
0: Mm. Your job is to really understand what's important to these people. Yeah.
1: And I love talking to people. And so when I actually realised that this job is all about helping someone and mm-hmm. making them find their like dream role. And if you really unpack that and understand it, then you can always ask people around you, like questions around. I've found out this about this person. Who do you think they'd be best suited to in your early stages mm. of your career?
0: If I'm someone listening and I've entered the recruitment industry this year, which yeah. might be just uh, a lot of people describe it as like a, a typical market or like a, a challenging, uh, a typical challenging market where, like you said, you've got to commit to try and stand out. You've got to work hard to to get the opportunities that that you want. Like what what would your advice be to them? What would what should they be really committing to becoming better at? What should they be doing in those? first six, 12 months?
1: I think the biggest thing for me was to throw yourself into situations that you don't want to do. So one of my worst things to do <laughs> with with like managers and stuff is like role plays and really? stuff. Oh, it's just so stiff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you have to do that and you're like doing a pretend reg call or like trying to talk to a candidate. But I think it's one of the most important things you can do is like put yourself out there to be like, can we practice this as if I'm on a candidate call or can we do like, can I pitch wise or elite to you? because I'll have to do that in front of clients soon. But also go in, ask to go to meetings and ask to to listen in to candidate calls. In my early stages, when I'd go to meetings with Jack or Lou or whatever, I'd just sit there and like just take it all in, soak it all in. Like everything that they were saying. And you even start to realise you said, (laughs) you then start to say certain phrases that you're saying. I was like, oh God, Jack says that all the
0: time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you start picking up on things. Yeah. Let me ask you this then. What did... Kate's candidate red calls sound like in that first year compared to how they sound like now. Oh my god, it used to sound like I was literally sat there
1: like, and, and what are you looking for in your next role? <laughs> <laughs> I think now a big thing for me is that I just have I want, always at the start just want to have that con- like normal friendly conversation with them about what they're doing at the weekend, mm. what they like what they done last week. Um, but it's the flowing like nature of it now. It used to feel very this question, this question, this question, this question. Now it flows I feel like it flows in between. Um and just the tone of it now seems so much more chilled. But if you go into it like I'm just talking to a mate at the pub, mm. then you can you can go with it more.
0: What about I feel like oftentimes what people have to get better at is not taking the first answer for what it is. In what so way? So like if I say, Kate, talk me through like why we're we here today. Like what is it that prompted you to to come back to me and you say look they've set unrealistic targets i've had enough of it which is why i want to move yeah i feel like a lot of people when they're early on would write that down tick reason for leaving is that and then move on to the next question but it's often Mm. the like why behind that or the the third why that you ask that really helps you understand what's important to this person or why this person is doing what they're doing so have you had to get better at that We'll get back to the episode in just one minute but today I wanted to tell you about our partners Sourcewell, the industry-leading business development and headhunting platform. I'm a Sourcewell user myself and it's been an absolute game changer when it comes to crafting personalised outreach. It's not only quick and easy but you can tap into custom variables, automate follow-ups and use multiple channels like the phone, LinkedIn, email and more to accelerate results. Users report an average increase of 56% in qualified response rates, and when you're using it, it's easy to see why. AI-powered tools like Content Coach and Whale GPT improve your chances of not ending up in spam, something that's become increasingly challenging with Google's recent deliverability changes. It also tracks all of your activity into your CRM, keeps your data clean, and lets you know who you need to reach out to and when, so you can spend more time on what you're good at. Recruiting not admin. So if you're serious about being the best at what you do, join me and thousands of recruiters who have chosen Sourcewell to revolutionise their outreach approach. Book a demo with Sourcewell and mention the Recruitment Mentors podcast to enjoy an extra 50 phone and 50 email credits per user and this exclusive offer will save you circa £500 or more and it's only available until March the 31st. So you can click the link in the episode description or you can head to sourcewell.com forward slash demo.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really easy thing for candidates when you're on the phone to them to say, and I when you say, it's really interesting to know why you're actually looking for a new role when you've only been there for seven months. Mm. And they'll go, I'm just curious to know what's out there. It's like, you're not curious to know what's out there. You wouldn't be on the phone to me if that was the case. And then just really trying to dig into that. So I'll say, is there anything now in your current role that you'd change? Is there anything now in your current role that change? And then you, they start to stay stuff where you're like, ah, so that's what it is. Mm. Like they've not mentioned at all before that they go into the office five days a week and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I've am i got a wife now and I'd quite like a bit more of a flexible role. Like, you never said that when I asked <laughs> what you, what you'd want. So I think getting them to like pull it back again and a good question I always think to ask when you're asking them what they're looking for is, is there anything that I could put in front of you right now that you wouldn't like? Because nice. people go... I'm really open, I'd look at anything. And then you start to put opportunities in front of them. They're like, no, no, no. I said, I thought you were open to anything. (laughs) But if you say, for example, in the tech space, I'm working with MarTech companies, HR tech companies, would you look at them? Or are you more on the cybersecurity, technical type opportunities? They're like, oh no, actually, yeah, I think I'm more on the technical side of things. I was like, oh good, because I was actually just about to tell you more about HR and MarTech. So actually saying, what do you not want, as opposed to what do you want?
0: yeah nice that's that's great that's a great point just curious on this one for people specifically in your space how have you got better at seeing through the bullshit of sales people because that must be hard they they do bullshit a lot because uh, you're dealing with people that that sell it's it's a skill it's something that they're. yeah if you're you're dealing now more at the senior end the account executives. so yeah they should be pretty good at their craft so you'd like to think I mean, you tell me otherwise but you'd like to think yeah. that these people are quite effective at selling themselves yeah i'm sure they over sell inflate their numbers whatever so how how have you got better at like cutting through sometimes the the mirage of what they give you of like yeah i'm the fucking top salesperson <laughs> i'm the top ae and you're like are you though are, are, <laughs> are you how have you got better at that
1: I think the 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 good thing about talking to salespeople is that they're great to talk to. Like, as in, in comparison to maybe some other re- industries within recruitment, they are great to have a conversation with. I think in terms of knowing whether they're chatting shit is um, if you're, this comes back to the expert in the market thing. If you... Know the market well, you are aware of companies and what they're doing. So, for example, you might have spoken to someone from the same business and they've told you that all the reps are underperforming. And you're like, oh, really, that's funny because you're saying you're on 110% of target. But that only comes from experience and talking to loads of people all the time, which is why I'll always say, even if you've not got roles for the right people, Mm. constantly be speaking to aes like Mm. weekly like 10 15 good solid account execs and try and pull market information out of them even if you don't have anything for them right now because you'll find out that then you can when you're on calls with the people you'll think in your head this guy's not chatting the right stuff because i just spoke to someone last week from the same company
0: and then have you found yourself being more comfortable challenging people on like if i say to you Kate look like everyone's underperforming I'm you know I've got a team of SDRs that aren't getting me leads or whatever and you've picked up information that actually I'm not sure that's true Is, have you had to be more comfortable challenging people I
1: feel it's one of those things on a call it would be hard to be like you're wrong actually because I heard that from someone last week but I think it's more from your side in the trust of the candidate and mm. whether you'd want to put them forward for that role because you'd be like Mm, I don't think we'll we'll this guy's trustworthy.
0: Yeah, fair. So obviously the year just gone was, was a big year for you, right? Yeah. Obviously I think what people are always interested to know is like what did you do different? I think you broke the 100k mark but then, you know, two years back to back you then managed to break the 200k mark. So like if I was to put you in the shoes of you had that year where you did 110 yeah. and you're looking into the next year and you're thinking, how can I get double what I've just done? When you were in that position, what were some of the things that you were thinking that you needed to double down on? Or like, how was you thinking about getting to that next point? Because I think that that's interesting, right? Because when mm. you get to that point and then you're like, fuck, right now, how am I going to get double out of what I've just done? I know, done? and you,
1: you go back to zero and you're like, oh, well, here we go again. <laughs>
0: exactly. So like, how do you think about that going into to that year? Because then you've managed to maintain that. So yeah. how how do you think about that?
1: I think the best way to think about it is not thinking about the end goal. Like mm. I've started to really try and teach myself. It's really easy when you like when you're, you're top and then you go, everyone goes back to zero again on a leaderboard and you're like, oh, we start again. <laughs> and it's my... What I've been trying to think and what I was trying to think then was if you take day by day instead of like thinking about the end, so day by day, week by week, then you'll get to where you want to get to. So in the day, what can you do in that day to win? Mm. Is that, that you have to do one more extra call, reg call? Is it that you need to like just reach out to two more clients? And once you've done that in a day, you've done everything you can do in that day. If you do that five days, you've won that week mm. and you just keep doing So that. breaking it down. break it down, yeah. And that's, that's one of my... I'd say biggest things is if you win the day, you win the week. If you win the week, you win the month. If you win the month, you win the year.
0: That's how you like to think about it. Yeah. Let's just break this down a bit then, because I think you shared with me when we were prepared for this. Yeah. Like you said it quite a few times, but you was big on the basics, right? So I feel like this is part, part of it. So regardless of, I've spoken quite a lot about it. We literally did a, a training session on this yesterday about basically reflecting on the year and goal setting. And, and a big chunk of it is what you're talking about. It's like if my if I've set myself the target of breaking 300k, yeah. then if I look at that number going into next year, that can feel overwhelming. And it's like, how, the, how am I going to do that? But Definitely. then as soon as you start breaking it down, firstly to quarters on what you need to be doing on a quarterly basis, but then you understand what your average deal size is and then you know what you need to be doing on a uh, weekly, monthly basis to get to the end point of 300k. But then I think what the best recruiters do and understand is in order for me to do have a 100k quarter, what do my inputs need to be? Yeah. How many candidate reg calls do I need to have? How many client meetings do I need to have? How many jobs on do I need to have? It's understanding what their success metrics are. And I feel like when you talk about the the basics, that's ultimately what you're talking about. It's like doing the things that you know add up, that help you win the day, that help you win the week, that help you win the year. So what what for you, like if you think about your best year, uh, I don't know if you've looked at this, but like what were yeah. like the, the core activities that clearly you did consistently most of the time that resulted in... You win in the year.
1: I probably wouldn't know exact numbers, but I think it actually, again, goes right down to the first thing, which is speaking to the most people that you can. Mm. I always would say that my reg stats, like candidate calls, were always really, really high. And the reason that that was beneficial was because if I didn't have anything for them right at that moment, yeah, it seems like a bit of a waste of time. But then a month later, we'd bring on a role and I would go back to my talent pool we have talent pools of candidates. Mm. So zero to two years experience, two to four, and they're all in our CRM. And I'd go back, my all my stuff would be organized there and be like, right, I think these three could be good for that. Mm. Get in touch with them and without having to do a fresh search. Mm. So it's like using, doing everything you can and thinking about what roles you could bring on in two months time, but speaking to that candidate and thinking it's still worth your time in that moment. Because it's so easy when you're working on certain accounts to be, like, I'm only going to speak to people that will be right for this role. You need to think outside the box and think, but in two months, I'm not going to have these roles. Mm. They're going to be gone. So I need to speak to people that are going to be potentially good for other stuff.
0: That was really interesting to say that because in this training session that we did, because yeah. we broke it down in like... The things i was just saying so number of cvs to jobs jobs on like the different like core things and i said to alicia who did the session like what would you always want to make sure you're like smashing every single month and she said candidate meetings and client meetings because of what you just said it's what you're also saying there is by you always making sure that you're doing that every yeah. single day every single week you're gathering information you're understanding more about the market you're understanding more about the people and people
1: respect you like mm. people respect you for doing that i've had calls this week where i've said look i don't really have think from just looking at your profile that we've have anything for you right now but my job is to connect with high-performing account executives in the market and i'm really keen to have this chat so that we can just understand what you'd be looking for and when it comes through to us i'll drop your message mm and just leave it like that and they actually really appreciate it They're like, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me when you might not have anything on
0: mm. curious then like what do you try and do like take one of those calls for example yeah because I feel like people listening might have had a lot more of those conversations this year because they haven't had as many jobs at home. definitely what are some of the things you always try and do on those calls that make, when you get off them, you're like, you know what, that was a good call. What are some of the things you're always trying to trying to do, the experience you're trying to create, the, try, the types of things you're trying to showcase in that call to that person?
1: I think initially, when you're speaking to them at the start, you want to give them, I suppose, like, who like give them the intro about who you are, not just mm. straight into, right, okay, so what have you done? Mm. I'll always be like, just to give you a bit of a background about me, being at WISE before and years or whatever i specialize purely in account executive recruitment and i'm always just really keen to to chat to to people in the space network and hopefully partner together at some point whether that's now or in the future and then we'll do a normal reg call like you know understanding their numbers targets what they'd be looking for why they're looking to leave and then when you speak to them again when you might have a role they like how you can reference back to what you've said Mm. So you're like, I remember when we spoke two weeks, like three, two, three weeks ago, you were saying that, um, I don't know, the, the targets were unrealistic. Like, have they, they changed at all? And people are like, oh, she remembers that. Mm. That's great.
0: It makes them feel like you actually listened.
1: Yeah. Because sometimes it's easy, especially in recruitment, to just feel like people are just like on the other end of the phone, like typing away. And also there's, I bet there's a lot of people out there that just want to speak to people that are relevant for them right at that moment. So in that time, if you have a nice 10, 15 minute comp, you don't have to keep it long. Like sometimes a reg call can be 30 minutes, but if you don't have anything for for them that right now, you don't want to waste their time too much and then Mm. get to the end and be like, Yep, we have no <laughs> roles for you. But I think as well, setting that at the start though. Yeah, that's why
0: that intro is important. That
1: intro is really important and making sure that you've done that right at the beginning so you don't get to the end and you've done a whole asking them about everything and then mm. they're like, So what what have you got at the moment? It's like nothing, nothing for you. Yeah. So I think people when it comes to it when they're actually as well in their future career, when they're looking to turn to a recruiter to partner with, they'll remember you for doing that.
0: Mm yeah because i feel like as well when you've because now i'm sure you've got plenty of stories where you spoke to that person who didn't have anything for initially but yeah. then three six months later you did so you can then also start referencing that in your introduction right it's like look i'll be honest oftentimes i don't always have something for yeah. you immediately but a lot of the people that i do end up partnering with it's actually three six months down the line so you could yeah. even
1: reference like names or like mm. say place like placements that you've done with that or like even just being like oh it's funny because i actually had a place to guy last week that uh, i spoke to like six months ago and and now i'm working with him again
0: exactly so like surely then with that approach which i think more and more people need to just be on top of definitely i think where oftentimes people do miss a trick is one if there isn't anything for them right now they then sort of may not end up speaking to them again or i think we've all seen those linkedin posts where people have said like just felt like that it's very transactional and it's like i only feel like kate speaks to me when like she's got something for me rather than when she doesn't so like what what does your follow-up look like you said you put people you like put people in talent pools but surely you've got to be mindful of you know you've just spoken to someone that right now you don't but you're very confident that six months down the line you probably will yeah so what are you doing in those six months to stay front of mind to add value what, what does that look like
1: i think what i always say at the end of the call is understand that we don't have anything right now but I'm always happy to answer any questions on the market salary advice I'm also happy if you're in any of the processes like let me know if you want to ask any questions about it and I think that would stand out from a lot of other recruiters that why would you want to give advice to, like to someone that's not in your own process kind of mm. thing but Also, making sure your presence on LinkedIn is strong and they're seeing your posts all the time and adding value in that way. We've also just recently produced a salary survey at Wise Relief. And it's better for clients, obviously, because they can see what to pay people. But also, we released it to quite a few people. And a friend I actually know from school, I sent it to him. He was like, oh, my God, I'm getting paid so much less than the average account executive, which actually then is actually adding so much value for them because they're like, I can actually get a job at x instead of so i think constantly just adding value for them whether that's the salary survey inviting them to our events mm. because you might speak to a candidate and then we're like we've got an event coming up it's all about how we did one recently on how ai can affect the sales process mm-hmm. come along and then they come to the event you meet them in person and then you've had that personal connection with them at our events too
0: mm. what so on your best year what was like the most effective way that you landed clients for you what ended up being you spoke earlier about being open to trying different things this year that's been really important but like what has ended up being your most effective way like how did you land your best client in your best year we'll get back to the episode in just one minute but today i'm excited to talk to you about one of our partners firefish the recruitment crm that accelerates data driven growth They have just released their 2024 Recruitment Agency Report. Based on insights from over 200 agency leaders, the report offers unbelievable insights into forecasts for the year ahead, enabling you to refine your strategy based on data rather than intuition. Here are some of the stats I personally found interesting from the report. Although industry optimism has declined for the third year in a row, growth signals remain positive with 84% of agency leaders expecting year-on-year sales growth this year. 47% of agency leaders plan to use a contingency recruitment model in 2024, and 70% of agencies plan to use social sourcing as their main candidate attraction strategy in 2024. You can access your free copy of the report and start making data-driven decisions about your business by clicking the link in the show notes. And whilst you're there, if you wanted to check out how Firefish could help your business grow this year, they very kindly offered a unique offer to our community, the Recruitment Mentors podcast, that's gonna save you up to a thousand pounds. And this offer is only available until March the 31st. You can click the link in the episode description, and you can also head to firefishsoftware.com forward slash RMP.
1: It's funny because sometimes it's like the most like cold outreach you can do. And it's really? so so dull. And it, uh, what we always say, it's literally all about timing. Like mm. I think you could literally say, hey, you're hiring to a hiring manager. And they might have 10 AE roles and go, yeah, we are actually we're looking for an agency. It's really good timing. <laughs> or you do the most creative campaign to them. And they're like take me off your mailing <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I genuinely don't think there's a right or wrong to it I will always say right time right person if you catch them right at that moment and also just follow ups so mm. important Like I even think sometimes a good follow-up is just bad timing on this one John or whatever mm. and, they, and then a lot of the time they'll actually come back and say even if it's a no go it is actually bad timing at the moment Kate but reach out to me in January Mm. and give you like a time and at that point i'll put it in my diary reach back out to john in january mm. and remind myself of that but i think it's a timing thing i don't think there's a a rhyme or reason
0: really yeah just being consistent with consistent what you're doing
1: and like as i said i think it just if you're a hiring manager i a vp of sales and you're sat there and in your head you're thinking right I'm, I, def- I really want to work with an agency and we need like specialist sales recruiters and then all of a sudden my name pop- pops up on the phone like and i'm like Hey, <laughs> well, and it doesn't have to be a big message like, hey, I work on AE recruitment, notice you're looking for AEs and working with X candidate at the moment, send a little mm. spec in. And they're like, perfect, just who I was looking for.
0: Mm. Is that how your best client came about then? Just a cheeky, cheeky little message? Yeah.
1: And then also, as it's, it's, I suppose it's important as well to look at like when you're actually trying to hunt for who you want to BD. Is like look at the sheer amount of roles that are on on LinkedIn mm. because like if you want to if you want to bring on like a big project, then they have loads of AE roles. Like you want to go for that stuff rather than it's always it's good to go for the single mm. role, but you want the big, juicy stuff.
0: Why did you find yourself niching down even more? Right, because I think yeah, that's quite interesting about what we ended up doing because how you can influence becoming a top performer is definitely looking at. The market you're serving what your average deal size is because your yeah. your average deal size that year was what between 15 to 20k right yeah so you, that means you had to average one deal per month to yeah, get to exactly. where you got to right so yeah. what made you niche down into that how did that come about because i feel like that that's quite interesting and people can take what you learn from that into their own markets? Because if you can increase your average deal size, that can kind of have such a huge impact on the amount that you can earn and bill. It
1: honestly changed my billings and my career. Having really? Those, yeah, I worked on an account. And at one point, it was like solely that account I was working on, which shows you you don't have to have loads of accounts mm. you can have one account that's just like you just like boom mm. boom boom and it was such a hard account to crack at first and once i knew what good looked like which i say is one of the most important things once you know what they think good is mm. and you can send that through but the enterprise side of things is all about high percentage over target strong tenure loads of experience but it takes time to to crack what that what that is once you're in it and you've like cracked what they like you can just like be speaking to those enterprise people all the time, ask for referrals from candidates. Like they might say to you, not interested, Kate, but then you go, do you have a friend in your space that's looking? They're like, actually, yeah, I do. Because mm. they're like in quite a close network of these like enterprise salespeople.
0: So it sounded like it happened actually a bit by accident then. Ended up being in a, in an environment where your average deal size was a lot larger. Oh, so yeah, you yeah, just yeah. came from working with this one client. It went well, you're yeah, like, yeah. right, I'm going to focus on that.
1: Yeah, and then they had commercial roles as well, like ones that were lower deal value but they all of a sudden were like, we want six of these. Mm. Like, and I was like, <laughs> 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 and um, help them basically scale their whole UK team. But it just shows you that when you bring on something like that, where they're looking to maybe build out your UK function from the US, for example, mm. and they need to to scale by six to 10 employees, but those average deal sizes are 15 to 20K. Mm. You can just work on, you would just need to work on one client. So you
0: built the entire team? Yeah. I must have got hard.
1: Yeah, it, it was hard. It was hard. But once I got into the swing of it, and also things like they wanted me to do things like find female talent, mm. instead of male talent, and they wanted diversity. And it, it's also having to crack all of that. But once I got into it, I knew exactly what they wanted. And that's from like really knowing the client. And I think it's so important as well. My point of contact was the internal recruiter really? over, over there, not like the head of sales. And sometimes internal recs can just not like external <laughs> recruiters. But I got a really good relationship with her. Made sure I visited her in person in their offices. Like went for for a lunch and mm. coffees and stuff like that. And then we became more of a partnership than a I'm the agency yeah, you're solving recruiter. Her problems exactly, and helping her out as opposed to her just because sometimes they don't like to work with. Yeah, of
0: course. (laughs) So I think where sometimes a lot of recruiters fall short is they have that experience and then they don't leverage what they've then done. So like I'm assuming that how are you leveraging that case study, leveraging what you've done to continue to land more opportunities like that? at yeah. that enterprise AE level how are you now doing that
1: yeah so is it in terms of like winning new business <laughs> yeah because do- I, I yeah. feel
0: like that's where sometimes often people like they don't do enough of that oh yeah
1: we really try and it's actually interesting you say that because we have been really trying to do that at the moment creatively win ways that say I'm doing business development I'll send them and I noticed that they're hiring enterprise AEs we've built like a bit of a really like nice looking like deck mm. that is a bit of a reel of the placements that I've made the kind of profiles that I've found and it's actually just on one slide and it's their faces their titles and like it just shows you like the six hires that we made mm. for the brand which is a really strong company in the SaaS space mm. and I've been just sending that out to enterprise sales directors being like hey I've just scaled Airtable's mm. team here in the in the UK here's an example of the placements that I've made
0: do you show anything else in that in terms of like the important metrics on like time to hire, how long it took or not really? Yeah. Just showing case in.
1: There's actually another slide that we've got because we're actually expanding into the US now as well. Mm. But someone else is doing that. Lauren. Yeah. You know, Lauren? Yeah. 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 So we've got a slide that has the placements and on the right hand side has number of hires, time to fill nice. and how long we were working with them for. And if you just have it on that one slide, so mm. when clients can open it up on LinkedIn, don't have to like download a file or anything mm. they can just see it visually right in front of you they know exactly what you've done
0: how like what's been the response from that that seems S- like quite a smart thing today
1: strong and also the visual aid mm. is good like it's easy enough to say it in a voice note or say it on a message like i helped scale by x and stuff but if you look if the, if that just came into your inbox and it's just a picture mm. in like a nice like creative way with the photos very like simple writing of what we did they can just look at it straight away and it's had it's had strong feedback
0: yeah if you're listening right now and you haven't created any assets like that like this is the perfect time to do it like looking back at the year, I'm it's sure so there's going to be some successful placements that you've done like it's just so rather than yeah, me relying on Kate's word, it, like there's evidence, there's things that you yeah. can point out to go, oh, I've done this for companies like uh, yours. Can I help you do it for you? Yeah,
1: another big thing that I'd like really recommend and has gone really well is getting the hiring manager to a little video for Ooh, you. Nice. So like Kate or Wiserly really were, were great helping us scale here and we were really struggling with diversity of hire etc and i've got one of the guys to do one for me and i just was sending that out to clients Mm. being like this is what we've done but this is it's literally from the horse's Mm. mouth (laughs) um, and that's a really good thing to do
0: so this leads me quite nicely then as we round this out i think i don't know about you but when you collect stuff like that evidence almost yeah for me that quietens the self-doubt like, you know, when you have someone saying, Kate, help me do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, like, sometimes when you wrestle with self-doubt, self-confidence, like, for me personally, I just have a folder of, like, testimonials and things that we've done, and, like, that—that that is, like, the best anecdote. So you can anecdote. look at it when yeah, you're, Yeah, like... like, that is the best anecdote for me, and I think... but also if you think about it in real time when you're reaching out to these companies how much more confident are you going to be going into those conversations saying look you might not need my help but I I am the person that can partner with you to do this I've done this for X company like yours yeah it's so true it is a nice little confidence boost to be fair yeah 100% I was like because it's not you saying it it's the evidence
1: yeah like when I look at it back I'm like oh yeah I did that (laughs) but it's a good thing to recognise like what you've done apart from just making the placements to hear it from the client hear them saying you've literally helped us scale here Mm. in the UK you're like
0: some unreal I, yeah, I did. The reason why I said that is like share with us like your journey with your own mindset, right? Because I know that's been yeah. a real journey for you in terms of self confidence, self doubt, and I such a journey, yeah. Just to like just add some more context, where I see this more prevalent in my experience from the people that I spoke to is definitely in more women for sure in recruitment. 100%. So the fact that you were the first female top biller, the first female principal. What that also means is that Kate had no one to look at to go, oh, she's mm. done what I'm trying to do. Yeah, You had to be the, the, you know, the first person to do that, right? Which in itself presents a challenge. If I'm in your business, I can look at Lewis, I can look at <laughs> Noel, whatever, and go, they're me. Like, I, I can get to where they've got to. Like, yeah. I've got, like, a run model there. Yeah. Which is why 50% of... The women that I reach out to to come on this podcast will respond. Of I'm not sure I'm credible enough. I'm not sure oh, that, that's really sad. That's just been my experience. Whereas 100 of the time, if I reach out to the male version of Kate, the same experiences. I got like, get yeah, mate, of course, in. let's get me in. <laughs> so talk to share with us about that and like how you wrestle with that, how you've become better at making sure that that internal voice isn't extremely loud. That yeah, yeah,
1: and I honestly think that in my career is that the biggest thing that probably does hold me back is just that like self doubt. But I think. You just gotta like trust yourself, and when you're like doing well, there's a reason it's happening. Like, you have not got. I genuinely there's a stage I was like, oh, it's all luck. It's all luck. Really? Yeah. I actually thought it was. Then I started to realize I don't think it could keep happening and happening if it was all luck. I think.
0: Why did you think it was luck?
1: I don't know. It's like I was like, surely I can't. I couldn't have done that well. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is it's, mad. It's just
1: a weird thing. I think though, like when you hear stuff from people, it's like what you said before about noting everything down mm. when it's good. I actually did a similar thing where I wrote down like all the good things, not even just in work, but in life that had like gone well and wrote them down all on my notes page. And I like, look back on it like, oh, actually, and if you can remind yourself of that, it's so important. Also sitting down with your manager and getting them to talk you through what you've done well. Like mm. it's easy to just like, apart from in reviews and stuff, let that slide. But actually, if you want to be like, I really want to know what I'm doing well at the moment, as well as obviously asking for constructive feedback but then when you hear it from them you're like oh Mm. that's good and it just reassures you
0: are you quite self-critical yeah because I'm the same because like for me what I remember if I have a conversation like that with my manager what I remember are the things that I can improve on rather than the things that I did well
1: yeah and you need to sometimes like battle through that to actually get them to tell you what you're doing well Mm. and I think it's sometimes it's actually quite a hard question to ask because it's like tell me what i'm doing good (laughs) but actually sometimes
0: you need to hear it from other people you do need to
1: hear it and it's not a bad thing to do that or just ask like your like mate at work or something Mm. like what do you think and and they'll be they'll bet they'll tell you and you'll be like i didn't even notice i was doing that well and they'll tell you something
0: do you think this just popped into my head? Like, i'm just curious like do you think in your experience do you think women build each other up more or tear each other down more A real quick one from me and we'll get straight back into the conversation. Some of you may or may not be aware that I'm also the founder of a business called Hector. Hector is an all-in-one training platform for recruitment founders to maximise team performance. The reason why I'm sharing this with you is because if you are someone that is enjoying this podcast week after week, you might even share this podcast with your colleagues, then I'd love to connect with you. Our training platform is powered by top performers delivering practical training for today's market. We believe training a lot of the time in the recruitment industry is dated, is stale, is delivered by people that did it 5, 10, 15 years ago. And we are completely going against that. So a lot of the people that you're able to learn on this podcast, you're able to learn even more from at Hector. So if you'd love to, you know, find out more about how we could potentially help you get more out of your people, ramp up their performance more quickly, then please connect with me on LinkedIn or click the link in the show notes where you'll be able to book a call with us. Let's get straight back into the episode.
1: God, that's interesting. Build each other up. Do you think? Yeah, I actually do. That's what I experience in my company anyway. I don't know about others, but I can only speak from experience, but we're all very close at Wiser and... um, it's very because we've got making moves. The women in tech community, yeah. we're just so big on encouraging and like motivating women. So in my in my experience, mm. we all boost each other up.
0: Yeah, I just the reason why that popped into my head was I was thinking of a Instagram reel I was watching with <laughs> my partner from Grace Beverly, who yeah, you know her yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And she, it was just a video. It just it just sort of popped into my head because she was. It was a video. I can't remember the video that she was referencing, but it was like this successful woman built a business or whatever. And then like the comment section was a lot of women tearing tearing her down and, and these types of things. And I just thought because I'm just thinking like, do guys more often like big each other up and stuff like that? But do i don't know do women do that when kate gets to a point where i think oh no she's just way better than me i'm gonna t- i don't know i, I, just thought I'd I, ask. I,
1: I don't experience it I, I like we're wisely really are very much like we want each other to win and i definitely wouldn't say it's the other way around for sure
0: yeah i just thought because i was thinking again when we're thinking about like self-doubt and these things is it like do women face that a bit more where i don't know they get like those little snarky comments from people i don't know if guys get that as much because guys are like yeah fucking go on lad you're smashing <laughs> it mate i don't know if do you know what i mean yeah, it's I,
1: I, it is interesting. It's great, actually, at my company because the men as well are like, when I got top bill, they're like, God. on. Yeah, LZ. let's go. Yeah, I love it. That's and class. That's yeah, what it's
0: about so at the so But I just, I just thought, I was just thinking no, it's if, interesting that impact, if that impacts the things that we're talking about. Yeah. So what, what's ahead for you then? What are you thinking going into next year? What are you doubling down on? Obviously, how are we feeling about maintaining the top bill status? What, what are you saying? <laughs>
1: I'm like looking at my name on the board like, oh, God. (laughs) No, I think it comes back down to the basics again. Like Mm. I'm, it's hard at the moment and everyone's at quite like a similar level um, in terms of billings, etc. But I think as well, it's easy to fall into a trap of when you've not made a deal in a couple of weeks you start to just be like negative and like mm. oh put yourself in the like you're just like oh, i'm not going to get a deal and you get a bit grumpy about mm. it and stuff and it's like you actually can't do that because it just puts your mindset in such a bad mm. state and it just comes back to right kate come on like do what you do best which is like speak to good candidates work well with your clients and also if stuff's not going right with the client Put in regular catch ups, mm. like weekly. I think it's easy to take like, when you're not being able to send them candidates because you can't. You're struggling to find them. Is to shy away and not speak to the client. And be like, oh, yeah, yeah. But actually, we found that putting in 15, 20 minutes weekly, even if you have to go on and say, "Look, I've not got anyone at the moment," but this is what we're experiencing in the market. They actually really appreciate it. So, just doing every little thing you can, even if it's not going well.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great tip. All right, well, uh, look forward to finding out if. We uh, (laughs) reign the title. Yeah. sure you will.
1: I'll hide away if it doesn't
0: (laughs) But no, Kate, thank you so much for joining me. I think kudos to you on, you know, like building your self-confidence, getting to the point where you've got to, like, just I'm sure you're feeling like, yeah, like what else you're capable of, right? Which is really exciting. It's what's great about our industry. Like you can really push yourself and really question, like, actually, if I can do this, what else I can do? And I think that's one of the, the great things about our industry. Definitely. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope there were plenty of golden nuggets for you to take away. As you'll know, I'm your host here of the Recruitment Mentors podcast, but I'm also the founder of Recruitment Mentors. We're an online subscription-based learning and education platform. We're on a mission to help thousands of recruiters achieve their professional goals and successfully progress their careers through modern and engaging online learning. If you're a recruitment business owner listening to this, there's a good chance that you value self-development, personal development. You're trying to develop a culture of continuous improvement. But we've partnered with a number of grown recruitment companies who were struggling to understand how they can invest more in their people, how they can upskill them more quickly without spending more time, without having to spend thousands of pounds of external trainers. And we've ended up being a really great fit, modern fit for recruitment teams.